This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thanks for staying tuned to The Morning Run. You're listening to Keith Kam and I'm Wong Xiaoning. It is 8.37, Thursday, the 8th of January. And if you're driving back to your hometown for Chinese New Year, we wish you a safe journey. Uh, but in the meantime, in half an hour, we have the opening bell where we check out how Bursa Malaysia begins the trading day. But before that, let's talk about palm oil production in this country. Because a few days ago, Plantations and Commodities Minister Dato Sri Johari Abdulgani emphasised the importance of FELDA in ensuring the sustainability of Malaysia's oil, palm oil industry. He mentioned that it's important for FELDA to focus on the palm oil sector instead of being involved in too many things like sugar manufacturing and owning hotels. This is to prevent the industry from going down the same path as the rubber industry where we were once the largest producer in the world at one time. In 2023, Malaysia produced 18.5 million tonnes, but now, but how are we faring in comparison to other countries and how can we ensure the sustainability of Felda and its original goals whilst not losing Malaysia's dominance in the plantations industry? For answers, we turn to Kor Yuling, economist at Sergi Anam Advisors. Good morning, Yuling. Thanks for speaking to us as usual. Now, firstly, let's talk about palm oil production yields. What what are some of the trends you have observed for Malaysia? How do we really stand out when compared to other countries? Uh, good morning. Um, it's been quite interesting uh, looking at uh, crude palm oil yields. Um, this is the key product, of course. Um, looking at the 10-year trend, Malaysia's benchmark went from about four and a half tonnes to about three and a half tonnes uh, by 2019. And nowadays, it's hovering around 3.3 to 3.4, and it should be uh, improving. But basically, it's on par with Indonesia. I think the startling contrast is really with Thailand, which is at a higher latitude uh, than Malaysia, and that's a less optimal planting zone because it's got a bigger dry season. But, you know, that's gone from below uh, three CPO yield per hectare to about three and a half now. And, you know, this is generally estimated that about 90% of production is by smallholders. And, uh, you know, corporates always consider smallholders far from efficient. Uh, but there we go. Myth busted. Um, you know, on the face of it, Thai farmers are possibly better than the aggregate of Malaysia's corporate and smallholder sector. And on a ranking of the top five producers, Malaysia is joint last with Indonesia. Yuling, what factors have been contributing to the diminishing yields in the country and, and how is this um, affecting the smallholders primarily? Uh, they, they are the ones who are mainly uh, impacted, right? Well, you know, so many factors to consider. I think lack of labour is one of the biggies, uh, which the new minister is working on. And, you know, there's things like ageing trees are not being replanted on time, uh, planting material problems, diseases, estate supervision, which I guess is all lumped under management issues. But I think clearly for smallholders, probably ageing trees um, is a big problem because uh, they need the capital or the funding in order to replant. But, you know, I think there's also uh, understated uh, things like um, uh, technology factors. I mean, let's look at one of them. Uh, there's been an interesting discussion in industry forums about one item, which is contamination of planting materials. It's a fairly new thing emerging from breakthrough research about 10 years ago. But, um, you know, the, the startling thing is that contamination can be as bad as 20% in various places. And what's important is, or what's the scary thing is that this actually can reduce your yield to half of what the regular yield should be. Um, and I put this to a test and spoke to various experts. And, you know, just addressing this one issue could 
take Malaysia from this, you know, bottom sort of joint fourth position to second position uh, in terms of CPO yield. And also another interesting thing is that this is actually from Malaysia's MPOB's breakthrough genomic research technology. And thank goodness for regulations and implementation because Malaysia smallholders doesn't really have an issue on this, whereas in places like Indonesia, which lacks the regulatory uh, controls, contamination is, is really high. In fact, mm. reportedly as high as 70%. So Yuling, from a policy perspective... Uh, what can be done to rectify this? Because at the end of the day, CPO is our largest cash crop when it comes to GDP contribution. Well, you know, addressing all these factors, I think uh, getting uh, better labour in, that'll, you know... uh, more labour in as well, that'll increase the yield. Um, if the smallholders can be somehow funded for replanting if they wish to, um, then that could also, um, you know, do that, improve the incomes. Um, the one that I just mentioned on contamination, um, if that's taken, uh, if the smallholders are helped on that plant, where if they replant with material that is um, going to be uh, free of contamination, uh, their income goes up by 10% just from this one measure. So uh, various things to work on, but um, I think the uh, transition is quite an interesting question mm. about you know rubber to oil palm and then what happens uh, after oil palm. Okay, I have a question about that though, Yuling. Is there enough funding for all this? Because some of these smallholders might not necessarily have that capital to prevent the contamination, for example. Well, for one matter, I think the testing for contaminated materials is not really an expensive thing. Mm. I think the one that is costly is the replanting. Um, And, you know, did you, you know, should smallholders have put money into a sinking fund? Is there going to be a big, uh, you know, is the federal government going to find huge funding uh, to do the replanting? I mean, these are really uh, tough financial questions. So do you think some of the the money raised from this CPO windfall tax, which the government does implement when CPO prices hit a certain threshold, should actually be used for this? I think possibly. Um, the question is whether there's enough for the uh, smallholder replanting, I think that that's probably could be more problematic than mm. that amount. And of course, you know, the corporate sector really hates this windfall tax. So there's going to be a lot of tussles on it. So the government now is of the view that Felda has to prioritise the palm oil industry over other commercial ventures, which kind of makes sense given uh, their track record there. But how, how can we rejuvenate this state-controlled plantation company to, to bring it on par with its private sector players uh, and, and make it profitable and, and efficient? Well, I think uh, what's interesting is if you look at the yield perspective, I think the corporate private sector is also struggling. I mean, they have been, you know, say versus 2019, five years later now, um, you know, the yields are basically quite stagnant as well. So it's it's obviously got a better yield than, say, you know, what was announced on Felder's yield, but they also have to recover. And I think they are also looking at issues of their planting material, whether they need more diversity, how they're going to handle disease. Because I was really startled um, last week, I visited uh, an estate which which had a yield, and this is very, very well-managed companies, right? You know, previous planting yields would reach 40 tons. This is uh, FFB, by the way, not CPO, um, the oil palm fruit. And in the next replanting, it went to half. And then in the in the coming replanting, they're actually looking to get out of oil palm. So I think even the corporate private sector has been having issues. So I think uh, it's not just Felder. It's it's 
the general corporate sector in Palmwell. Mm. And I think in general, if I could suggest something a bit, uh, I don't know to call it un- unorthodox or uh, out of the box, I think the youth of the Felder Zone are likely where the talent and the promise are. You know, there are so many young people residing in those areas now. And, you know, opportunities in Malaysia cities and towns haven't been as great as, great as it could be. I think that's been evident for some time. So how can you harness the youth? Um, you know, they tend to lack asset, access to land. Um, I'd like to give some examples from elsewhere in Southeast Asia. I'm hearing that youths are getting together to plan production and transport, negotiating with millers and processors for commodities and, and agricultural products. Uh, there are also smallholder organizations that are you know, embracing and want to be recognized for non-deforestation um, and other efforts like that on sustainability. They want to gain access and recognition from the big global buyers to gain a higher price. So I guess my sort of, you know, off the wall question really is, can Malaysia Palmwell embrace more youth inclusion economics? I think what is good for Felder youth will be good for Felder. And I think in general, the rural youth really need a doubling of jobs and doubling of incomes. All right. Thank you very much for your time. That was Kaul Yuling, economist at Sergi Anam Advisors, ending the conversation on an interesting note, which is basically to get more young people into thinking of agriculture as a career. Um, and we don't do that enough, right? We, we always assume that, oh, this is one of those 3D jobs. Mm. But it's not. Estate management, estate planning is much more than a 3D job. And if we, if we don't keep our eye on the ball and we continue to see yields in Malaysia continuously decline year on year, what's going to happen to our palm oil industry? This is uh, one of the major contributors to our GDP. And I think the, the, the messaging that's been going out uh, with regards to you know working in a palm oil plantation or even a rubber plantation at this at this point has always been... Um, I, I even remember a company wanting to hire uh, uh, ex-convicts to work in their plantations. It doesn't send the right message to mm. uh, you know the youth who are a lot more capable, a lot more innovative, uh, fresh ideas. We really need fresh ideas to get those fresh fruit punches growing yes <laughs> improving the yield but coming back to Felder I think Felder is a listed company of course it also has a Copra C which is not listed this morning share price $1.43 and it's I, I do like the comments of our plantation and commodities business minister to remind that company to stay focused because it, there's a long litany of mismanagement and the top of mind was uh, for me is buying the Indonesia's Eagle High plantation for close to 2 billion ringgit and overpaying so much for it. So really, I think when you have good management and the company that is really focused, then you will have a company that is at the same time going to be super profitable. Up next, we speak to Bursay about their perspective on Datuk Sri Najib's reduced sentence. Stay tuned for that, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.